James. Raf. How are you going? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. That's good to hear. I've been dwelling on some pretty big questions. Oh, yeah? I'm going to start with one. I'm going to throw it at you. It's a bit of a curveball. Mm-hmm. What is beauty? Truth, man. We already solved this one. Art already solved this one. Beauty is truth. Yeah, truth is beauty. That's all you need to know, blah, blah, blah. Don't read any poems? <laughs> uh, not if I can help it. Fair enough. <laughs> We're talking about a subject today very near and dear to my heart. It's can computers love? <laughs> but that's a big question. We're gonna we're gonna start with something a little bit a little bit simpler, and we're gonna talk about AI art. Yeah, it's one of the hot topics in the world of tech and art at the moment. <laughs> is AI art, which is there are a number of different basically language models and image generation AI and um, Machine learning and neural nets oh, yeah? that have been, sorry, I'm just throwing a lot of words at you, which generate images from prompts. So you yeah. can type in, well, I don't know. <laughs> 9-11 Vaporwave. You could, you could type in 9-11 Vaporwave and it'll generate that. You can type in- The storming of Omaha, cyberpunk. <laughs> Obviously, you've got a one-track mind here. <laughs> you can type in a really, a big green frog with a red hat, oil painting. The computer will spit it out for you. And basically, this has shaken the tech world. This has shaken the art world. Now, James, I have a question for you, a question without notice. Uh How come, like, five of them have just popped up at once? Yeah. Well, there's a few things. There's been a huge advance over the past few years in basically large language models. Okay, so let's back up. I'll talk a little bit about how this stuff actually works in a really simple way. So there's been a lot of uh, machine learning work in training these artificial intelligences on massive, massive data sets. So what happens is you you ingest a huge amount of data from the internet, whether it's like language data or image data, and you basically train these AIs on. They learn everything about these images and, and the way they, they look and how they all align and everything like that. As well as the when we're talking images, like the metadata associated with it, Correct. right? So if it's crawling... Monet paintings, it knows it's a Monet painting. That's right, yep. There's been a long-running project to build these massive data sets that have exactly what you're talking about. Huge amount of images, huge amount of text, and all of it sort of linked together. And basically what these AIs do is they, put simply, they kind of just identify patterns, right? Mm -hmm. They're massive pattern recognition machines. So as a result of that sort of evolving research and these giant data sets that have been built, a lot of these AIs have basically hit the market at like a similar time and from all different producers. And they all have sort of varying quality. Uh, OpenAI have one called Dali, which is a play on Wally, the Pixar movie. I'm not sure, I have no idea why. There's one called Mid Journey. The newest one is called Stable Diffusion. And they all basically do the same thing. If you have access, you can go in, you can type in a prompt and it will spit out an image for you. And what that image will be is it draws upon its massive library of images all these pictures, they're basically ingested from the internet without the consent of the artist. That's the, the ethical issue that we'll, we'll get to. And it finds common patterns. You know, if you type Super Mario in, it's going to look through its massive library of Super Mario images mm-hmm. and spit out what it thinks Super Mario looks like based on all those images. And they've gotten really good is basically the point. They're not, you know, absolutely perfect. 
and you can normally tell when an, something is AI generated. We're mm. getting close to the point where maybe you can't, but they all kind of, depending on what system you're using, whether you're using DALI or Midjourney or Stable Diffusion, they each of them has kind of like a flavor. Mm. And if you've seen a heap of images from it, you'll go, well, that's a DALI image. Mm. It might look different, but it has kind of like the vibe. If you're a connoisseur. If you're a connoisseur, which I, you know, I am now. The faces usually are, are often a bit fucked the fa- up. The faces are fucked up. They can't really, a lot of them can't really do text. So if you ask for like a sign, if you say, show me like a street sign, it'll normally create a sign where the text looks kind of good, but it's all complete gibberish. Mm. Often they can't figure out how to actually string words, letters together in a way that makes sense. So this stuff happens super quickly. And it's kind of interesting because I feel like it flew into prominence as crypto was going down because the value was going down. Everyone sort of transitioned from talking about crypto to talking about this which is interesting, but also kind of funny because crypto has spent years trying to explain why anyone should care about it mm. and what is what problem it's solving and what it's doing. Yeah. Whereas this- Everyone can think of a million applications. Yeah, so. everyone can look at that and go, oh, shit, this actually might change things. This might have a real measurable impact on how things are done. Yeah, this would be useful. Once once it's a tiny bit more predictable, this will be very, very useful for a yeah, lot totally. of people. So the, basically what's come up now- that essentially a, com- a computer can spit out pretty usable art based on just a simple prompt, all of a sudden creatives are very concerned. Well, I mean, the other day a gentleman entered an artwork in an art fair in a digital art Yeah, category. like a local county fair or something. Yeah, and he won using an AI-generated artwork. And yep. obviously this, I mean, what's your opinion? Should he have won? Well, yeah, it's the. I believe in this case he didn't tell, like he didn't tell anyone that it was AI art. Mm. He just produced one with some labyrinthine sort of prompts that he had put into it. A really complicated prompt. It was very hard work. Well, that's the argument, right? That's is the argument. When yeah. Bill blew up, he said, "What's the difference? I have this bespoke prompt I've been working on for more than a month." Yeah, I've been experimenting with different words, <laughs> different phrasings, different structures to create the art. Uh, and then he had it blown up and put on like a canvas or whatever. Yeah. And so this is the that's the pro argument, right? And you hear this a lot. And here's like the galaxy brain kind of version of that is they're like, well, it may just be a pattern recognition system, but so are you. Yeah, exactly. Like the thing is like, what what's different? An artist is just a pattern recognition. Which is funny though. The galaxy brains who are saying that often are the ones who will rail hardest against postmodernism. Yeah, true. Yeah. Wow. That's something something to think about. Whereas the the anti view is a, it's actually not that hard to like write a sentence and figure it out. It's much easier. Yes. It takes less, much less talent to do that. And also they say it's basically an act of like mass plagiarism in a way. Yes. It is ingested all this art from all these different people. The model's been trained on it. They never consented to have their art sucked into a machine. And now this art is really the accumulation of like a million other bits of art yeah. that has just become this. Uh, I can see both arguments, honestly. But I can I'm- see the argument that obviously, yes, that is what artists are doing. Also, one of the more nuanced pro arguments is like, you know, this is basically just a better user interface for Photoshop. You yeah. know, Photoshop, you're pulling in all these different things. It's, it's complex and takes years and years to learn it. But just because it took you years and years to learn doesn't mean that, you know, Photoshop ruined the jobs of photo developers and people who did it in dark rooms, et cetera. So this yeah. is just the progression of technology. Totally. The other thing that is moving really rapidly in this space is ones like the, the ones I mentioned, Midjourney being one, Dali being another. They have you know interfaces where you can go to the website or go into like whatever they've set up to 
to punch in your prompts and basically you punch in your prompt, it sends that prompt to like their massive server farm because they're, they're very computer intensive mm. to run these things. They're processing huge amounts of data and doing all sorts of uh, crazy stuff to it. So it, yeah, it sends it off to a server farm and it spits it back to you. What the new one that came out uh, that was released a few weeks ago is called Stable Diffusion, completely open source. So rather than being like a, a black box on a server in a basement somewhere, it can run on your own computer mm. and you can it's completely open source. And instantly people started using it to to build all sorts of interesting AI art tools that like plug into Photoshop, do all sorts of like different kind of stuff. You could upload the Mona Lisa and say, expand the image and it, it creates a whole exciting new background for the Mona Lisa. And looking at that, you're like, oh, this is actually going to like revolutionize how people make yeah. images and like how people do work. So you can see why creatives would be a little bit weirded out by that because that kind of creative work is like one of the few things that has not heretofore been automated. It requires a certain level of skill that computers just couldn't overcome, right? And now, maybe not. I think though at the end of the day, like if you're a graphic designer, right, who does have all of these Photoshop and Illustrator skills and a good graphic designer, you're paying for taste. Yeah, yeah. Like anyone can nowadays use Canva or whatever to knock out a template, but the good graphic designers, such as the ones that work for, for example, Bubble, this fantastic photo water delivery business, um, (laughs) the branding is fantastic because the graphic designer has a fantastic aesthetic. So I can see how, yeah, these would be a tool as part of a graphic designer's arsenal where it's a plug-in to her Illustrator file so she can very quickly kind of drum up different concepts for backgrounds or what have you. But, you know, Stable Diffusion is not going to have her eye for kerning. Yeah, that's true. No, well, and that's the minimalist view that's like a little bit less apocalyptic about it. It's like, yeah, exactly. This stuff may be able to like generate, you can use it to iterate. You could be like, oh, I kind of want to do this. I'm going to use these image generation to draw up some concepts and then I'll kind of work from that. Mm. And it's already been used for that extensively. But there's the view that it's like, it's never going to be able to create like a new art movement mm. because that requires like some sort of level of human creativity. It's not going to be able to spontaneously generate a new aesthetic. But then maybe maybe it kind of does. Like I've dicked around with them and it's, it's spat out some things that kind of look like something I've never seen before. So they, I don't know. It, it's interesting. I just think that it will because all new aesthetics are of blending various different old aesthetics yep. together oh, anyway. You're back to the weirdest pattern recognition machines. No, I, I agree yeah. with that though. I'm not yeah. actually like AI pill. I actually think most of the things <laughs> I see on it look shit. Like it's all got the same kind of aesthetic and it just so happens exactly. that at the moment people are into this kind of almost like if a modern graphic novel had a kind of techno utopian vision of the future. They're all these kind of, they're very epic. Like yeah, a lot yeah. of them are like quite epic. And I, not all of them, but all sure. of the art I see. And this bloke in the art fair like- Whatever, I don't really care about that. Like, he's wrong. You're wrong on the idea that it's just as hard to put a prompt in as it is to, like, be Leonardo's apprentice for 35 years. Um, But I can see it being used as a tool. I don't think anyone's going to just be using these things to do what everyone's doing at the moment, which is you type in a bunch of prompts, press enter, and then that's the finished work. Yeah, totally. I, I fully agree. One of the other funny things that happened recently was... A guy at the Atlantic, I can't remember his name. He was he was writing a newsletter about Alex Jones. Mm. He runs one of the newsletters at the Atlantic, and he generated a lead image using Dali. I'm pretty sure, and set that as the lead image of the newsletter. Mm. It looked cool. Yeah, it looked it looked, it looked cool. And then he got just like br- brutally cancelled for doing that because mm. they thought that the Atlantic could have paid an illustrator to do a lead image for that rather than the AI one. I'm glad I didn't cancel because all my the terminal header images are all generated with with AI. And it kind of raises the question, maybe the Atlantic 
because they do actually pay illustrators to do some of their stories. Mm. If I wasn't doing that, I would not be paying an illustrator to do header images for my newsletters because, you know, I send out a few a week. Yeah. You know, I'm just a, a content pauper. I can't afford that kind of output. You're just using Creative Commons otherwise. Well, basically, yeah. Or you're signing up for a shutter stock. Yeah. <laughs> no, again, out of, out of my price range. Maybe there's like people who are over-egging a bit in terms of what is actually being disrupted here. Mm. I can see, as I said, graphic designer is got some kind of illustration with the sunset and they, they just want different pastiches of the sunset. Oh, this color, that color, no. Like, and they yep. kind of click through and generate different kind of versions of the sunset for an artwork. And I mean, yeah, I don't think the nightmare scenario of there will be no artists. <laughs> they're going to be rounded up and put in camps and they're going to let the AI <laughs> run the rest of it. One of the things is, um, again, with Stable Diffusion, because it's an open source and you can create all sorts of funky plugins, someone did a thing where they like they use it for video. So they did like a frame-by-frame frame thing of like a Minecraft video. They had a Minecraft video. Everything is Minecraft now. But they basically instructed it to replace every frame of Minecraft with like a realistic scene. So mm. like a photorealistic scene of whatever was happening in Minecraft. And it looks like good, mm. not amazing, it's still obviously very early and I think that probably took an insane amount of processing power to make it work. Mm. But when he saw something like that, I was like, wow, that, that might be like a way to get around whatever limitations they run into with, I don't know, engineering new animated films or, or whatever it may be. I'm of the view this will actually like hugely revolutionize how stuff is made and done. Definitely. It's just as to what extent and whether people will truly be automated out of a job. I don't know, it's kind of open. I fully see it as a tool that people will use. And I think it is a fantastic tool because like, there's no reason why animation or game design or something should be this hugely complex thing that takes heaps and heaps of people and heaps of hours of training and coding to in order to yeah. do. If you can open that up so more people can yeah move blocks around in a Minecraft-like environment and then hit a button and turn it into a, like, a lovely animation... That's good. Yeah, it still no. has to have a narrative, yeah, and of yeah. course, AI is coming for the narratives, etc., etc., etc. But yeah, I see this as just like a tool rather yeah. than something to freak out about. The other, the other thing that comes up a bit, and we we're referring to like the, the episode we did a, a few times ago about the metaverse. We had that long conversation about how are you going to like have an asset that moves between different platforms, different yeah. like how can it go from the Facebook metaverse to the whatever. Well, a lot of people say, well, this is how. Yeah. Like, it will use, like, this machine learning stuff to generate the asset for each metaverse or whatever. And then, hey, presto. I have no problem with that aspect of things. My yeah. aspect with the metaverse is that why would I, on my platform, allow you to bring something you purchased elsewhere? In That's the true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The economic okay. argument for me wins out over the technical one. Uh-huh. I believe in the power of humanity to solve technical issues, not <laughs> self-driving cars. I, no, <laughs> but those stuffed shirts in head office will never let it happen. I get it. But yeah, I think it's cool. I'm bullish on it. You're, bu- you're bullish on it. But what happens when it comes for your music? Well, I thought of this ages ago that it wouldn't be that hard to have AI running that's kind of analyzing where taste making music is coming from, analyzing certain DJs' playlists. And music is pretty simple, especially like modern music. Contemporary music is 4 4, usually between two and five minutes long. Like you can pretty easily, within those limitations, work out okay, here's popular sounds that are synthesized anyway. Here's the popular structure. Here's the popular top lines and make a pastiche of music. Yeah, you definitely can. 
And it could happen. I mean, I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. I feel like music's almost easier in yeah. some ways. OpenAI who do the Dali do have like a music one, mm. which is like not, I, I, I had to play around with it and I had to listen to some music that got generated with it. It's not super impressive at the moment, but it's, it's one of those things where you listen and you're like, oh. But the key thing with music, of course, is uh, at least with popular music, is the personality of the artist themselves, which is a lot harder to replicate. But you can but see maybe. Like prompts. How about that... Um- the, the, the AI rapper that got cancelled for saying the N-word. <laughs> I, mi- I missed this. Did you see it? No. Oh, there's like a AI rapper. I can't remember his name. Uh, but he was an AI white rapper? <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, was a, it was a black rapper, but made by white guys. <laughs> he had like, he, he looked like, um, what's, oh, oh, I'm just completely blank. What's the name of the... Like SoundCloud rapper guy that got shot. That's really sure. not narrowed down. XXX Temptation. Temptation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's clearly blank on him. He had that kind of vibe, mm. but he was like 3D, like metaverse He was on TikTok and Instagram, and basically, <laughs> it was basically like this 3D guy just like doing, for some reason, it had millions of views, and people were like, this is this sick. And then he got signed to a major record label. I can't remember which. And then literally like six hours later, everyone was like, this this like 3D rapper keeps saying the N-word. But like no no one on the team is is black. <laughs> and then he got like can't like they tore up the contract. There was a clause. <laughs> there was a clause. If your AI starts going racist. Yeah, well so it was like, oh, this is basically like a minstrel show or whatever. Um, and went, this was like it got covered like the New York Times and stuff. As I was like, is this could this be the end of, of AI? But if they iron out the social problems, <laughs> if they, you know, if they diversify the teams yeah. and then they auto-generate the music, where does that leave artists? <laughs> you don't need them. Well, yeah. I'm, like, to be perfectly honest, like, the majority of largely popular pop music, not the majority, but a large amount of it is just remixes of songs from the 90s anyway. So, totally. look at that. I mean, my band, my currently active band, you know, we're more of the thousand true fans vibe, so I'm not too concerned. I mean, you know, maybe there'll be niche AIs just with yeah. those, those small audiences, just with its inputs being particularly weird. Yeah, we could replace our podcast with two 3D metaverse guys, AI generate the scripts, stay away from the racial slurs, obviously. <laughs> As has but been. how do we? Do we? We got to type that into the algorithm. Yeah, like no, banned no, words. None. Well, it, it would be trained on us. Okay. And, and our like library of episodes. Yeah. We've never said a racial slur on this podcast. So, and uh, maybe we could do that. I don't know. We'll see. And then sign to Warner Records. Perfect. Perfect.